Hey everyone, welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And today's topic is Fourth Wing chapters 19 through 21. Really good chapters. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I, true to my word, after we recorded last episode, I read all three chapters that same night. I meant to only read one, but you know how that goes. And then our recording schedule got a little bit delayed. So it has now been a week and a half since I read these chapters. And I I have like no notes, which means I was really into the chapters. Like I have like four yeah. I have like four things written down. So you know I can't I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear the summary to like jog my memory. To bring you back. Yeah. You know, Izzy, that happened to me often during <laughs> Akatar and Akamath and all where all my notes are just like all caps shit and like nothing actually productive, but it does all come back to you when you're doing the recap. And some of so. some of my notes aren't even notes. Like one of my notes is just Liam exclamation point. What what does that tell me? <laughs> Liam <laughs> Because he becomes a character yeah. these these chapters. <laughs> No, they're so good. I can't believe it's been a week and a half. I've just been like running around with my head cut off. Yeah, um, fill me in. What have you been? Oh, I was going to punt to you. <laughs> um, So last weekend, I actually went to Raleigh, North Carolina, where one of my best high school girlfriends lives there now. And I have never visited her there. And I was so pleasantly surprised. Like, I loved Raleigh. It was so cute. And we just like bar hopped, restaurant hopped, drank, took lots of naps. It was lovely. <laughs> that sounds lovely. I've heard that Raleigh is like a warmer, cooler version of Indianapolis. Yeah. I think it's like more, um, it's like wealthier, I think. Mm. And for our new listeners, Sadie lives in Indianapolis. I used to live in Indianapolis. That's why I compared it to Indianapolis. Oh, my God. I, for a second, when you said Sadie lives in Indianapolis, I was like, so do you, bitch. Like, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Sadly, no. Oh, man. Not anymore. Sadly, Not no. Anymore. <laughs> Big city girl. Well, you've just been, you've just been hopping all over the place recently. I know, I know. It's been a lot of fun. I did, I will say that I did, I was supposed to go to, well, I still am going to Nashville. Um, Actually, you know what? Let's just cut that part out. Never mind. <laughs> I was about to say I canceled a trip, but I actually didn't. <laughs> the person doesn't know yet. <laughs> no, no. I just forgot. Like I thought I was canceling and then I just remembered I didn't actually cancel it and I am going. So <laughs> <laughs> not applicable okay. not <laughs> you're so busy you've lost track of your own plans <laughs> literally truly truly um okay well what about you um I had a jam-packed weekend last weekend I went to the chicks in the office live show on Friday so which is a podcast that I started listening to like in COVID and still listen to and it was really fun to see them live in the in the flesh. And it was funny beforehand. So I was with two of my girlfriends, um, Annie, friend of the podcast, and Emily, future friend of the podcast. She'll be coming on <laughs> soon. Um, and their producer, Noah, who if you listen to Chicks in the Office, you know who he is. 
he's like kind of a personality but he's kind of behind the scenes um he like inexplicably for no reason like before the show starts just started like walking through the crowd like he made a show to look like he was like checking (laughs) yeah so he made a show to look like he was like checking the technology back there but he really was just like he walked through one side everyone starts like cheering and like all the girls are standing then he like walked to the other side and like did nothing he like went back and like tapped a thing and then like walked all the way back like (laughs) zigzagging through the rows he was so, so that, looking for attention. Yeah, he was like scouting for, you know, for Also, ladies. if you know his personality, like from the show, you know that's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it was funny because um, our seats were like in the section that kind of jutted out. And so when he was walking up the aisle, it literally looked like he was walking like straight to the three of us, like before he, he would like turn right. And every, all the other girls around us were like screaming, like standing up. And the three of us, I think, I just like when, and he's not even famous. He's like below D list famous, but like I list, I've listened to him for like four years. So to me, he's famous. And I just like was looking at him like, oh my God, it's Noah. So I was just sitting yeah. there awkwardly, like not moving, not cheering, just like looking at him, like processing. Star and then my, uh, yeah. And then my other two girlfriends, I don't think they listened to the podcast as much and like don't, didn't really care. Like they were the opposite end of the spectrum. So mm-hmm. he was like walking like straight at us. And then my friend Emily, like, panic stuck out her hand and he like limply high-fived her it was really (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh my god you just touched Noah and she was like high-five Noah (laughs) um so that was that was really fun then we had a Friendsgiving which was delightful I made a apple pie felt very you know yeah felt very domestic and then um I had an interview this week for business school oh my god how did that go it went it went well I, th- I actually thought it went really well um so that was good but it's been like a busy work week and then I'm randomly going to Old Dominion tomorrow oh lovely. yeah yeah I forgot my friends bought tickets like six months ago and I never put it in my calendar so oh just hopping over and seeing them which will be I fun I love that yeah I love Old Dominion they just got announced as like the Thursday night weekend opener for that country music festival I go to. Oh, nice. That you have said you want to go. So. I do want to go. I do want to go. <laughs> um, it looked so fun last year. So, you know, pencil me in. <laughs> oh, and I would be remiss if I didn't just touch on. I did spend all Sunday looking at TikToks of Taylor and Travis. Oh in Argentina. my God. I cannot get enough of those two. Literally between Kelsey Ballerini and Chase Stokes and then Taylor and Travis Kelsey, like I am unwell. Like I can't function. They're all I think about. They are my Roman empire. Seeing Taylor just run off stage and hug that big, huge hunk of a man and just kiss him right on the lips. It really like warmed my heart and soul and I just couldn't get enough of it. So I that watched was a big it part of my week. I watched it minimum 30 times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, it makes me so happy. Um, oh, and one more thing I feel like, sorry, I'm like blah, blah, blah all over the place, but wait, one more wait, thing I before feel like we, before we change the subject from Taylor, I have to say the next, like that week, uh, during the week in, uh, at work, we were talking about it and one of the guys was like, so what do you think is next for them? Like, what do you, where do you think they are in a year? I'm like, they're getting married. 
they're getting obviously and having like, children he was like mm, do you really think so i'm like yes i genuinely think so like <laughs> karma is the guy on game. the chiefs karma is the guy on the chiefs she changed she her freaking lyric she doesn't do that she does no. not do that she and doesn't she's do 34 that. yeah she knows what she wants and she found it she found it karma is the guy on the chiefs and yeah she literally sang endgame the night he was there you know that tells us everything we need to know it truly truly does um okay sorry what were you gonna say <laughs> oh i just i mean we haven't podcasted in a while which is why i'm just like word vomiting so many things but we haven't even mentioned that iron flame has come out it has and so obviously that, obviously that means nothing to us but as a fourth wing centered <laughs> podcast i just want to mention we are aware and i've heard good things from our friends who have already read and finished it so i'm excited to get there in like a year <laughs> dude my cousin texted me at like 2 a.m and she was like sadie it's so fucking good <laughs> she well, was like i just finished wait. it's so fucking good i'm like oh my future is so bright <laughs> that could be us but you know ever since last podcast where we talked about how it is actually nice to have this like weekly thing to look forward to i'm really glass half full about this method of going three chapters at a time like in real world or in another world I guess I already would have finished Iron Flame and I'd be sad I had nothing to look forward to but that's not the case I have three chapters to look forward to every week you do <laughs> it's like watching a show week to week where it you is. just get all it the is. anticipation and excitement I get all the feelings and it's actually really fun so I've really come around I've done a full 180 on this I'm proud of you. The growth. But speaking of, let's get into it because yes, I've, you know, I've yes. missed this. I've missed recapping. I know. We have a lot to cover um, because last episode we left off where everyone was breaking, unbonded um, cadets were breaking into Violet's room and Oren was about to slice her neck when yes. all of a sudden the room was frozen except for her yes and we didn't know who opened the door yes and that was what was killing me she saw someone open the door because since her door was locked only someone who can wield powers could unlock it because they could do it with magic um so it had to be someone bonded who let them in Yes. So I'm big I'm traveling to get my I'm traveling to get my book right now because I forgot it in the living room. Stay tuned. One <laughs> second. Stay tuned. My part's coming up where I read the intro quote. I can't do that without my book. Is uh Connor at hockey or something? Um he is at dinner with his little brother who just got a thirty four on his ACT. <laughs> oh my god. Thirty four. So that's insane having a celebratory dinner so now that izzy's with us <laughs> i'm back we'll start we'll start chapter 19 with another uh opening quote and my comment next to opening quote is i have no thoughts no idea what this is talking about <laughs> but i wonder if three chapters later i'll get in more so will you do okay some honors? of course the opening quote is in response to the Great War, 
Dragons claimed the western lands and griffins the central ones, abandoning the barons and the memory of General Daramore, who nearly destroyed the continent with his army. Our allies sailed home and we began a period of peace and prosperity as the provinces of Navarre united for the first time behind the safety of our wards under the protection of the first bonded riders. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. Not doing much for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a breadcrumb that will be relevant later, I presume. Honestly, the only like piece I picked up on was allies. Like it kind of alludes to, like another nation that was helping them in a war. Um that's all. Yeah, or the dragons. Like the dragons were the allies. I don't well, know. Well, it says our allies sailed home. Oh, yeah. So I, I assume know. that's people, but someone else. Yeah. But yeah, that one, um, I also, well, this one also says Navarre, an unedited history. And I just think it's always interesting how they call out when it's unedited. Yeah. Yeah. You never know when you can trust it. Truly, truly. And that's a hint if there ever was one that. Yeah. (laughs) Trust it. Oh, yeah. Or you should trust the unedited version. Um, okay, so the chapter opens with Violet in shock that everyone is frozen, and Andarna, her little golden dragon, yells in her mind, hurry, I can't hold it for so long. So that made me think it was Andarna and not Violet that was doing this power, but I guess she was just doing it through her, but we'll we'll talk about it. So Andarna keeps the scene frozen long enough for her to get out of the grasp of Orin and while she's frozen she sees Zayden frozen in the doorway his shadows also frozen around him so that cleared up that when Tarn yelled he's almost there in her ear he meant Zayden of course yes and I also so in Darna we now know can freeze people in motion which is like a crazy Freeze powerful. time. Power. Like Freeze time, time stops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for like the select, for like a select area, I guess. Yeah. Which is so confusing. Like how does that work? Like for the, it, does time stop for the world? Like do some people Maybe. just stop in motion? Like I don't know how, I don't know what the limits are, but it seems like she can't hold it for very long. But I assume it's something you can get better at and like train at. And right. Violet can crazy power. learn to wield it, but it's a crazy power. Yeah. So the scene re- resumes and Zayden's definitely like, what? Cause he last <laughs> like within one second, she was in Oren's arms and now she's just not. And, uh, he looks around and he says, you're all fucking dead. And the wannabe riders drop their weapons and they surrender, but it's too bad because attacking someone in their sleep is against the codex. And Zayden grabs the others around the necks with their with his shadows so like everyone but Orin and chokes them with his shadows um but with that and he while he does that he never breaks eye contact with Orin and the others like fall limp dead then Orin begs um Zayden for mercy and says or and Zayden says she should have killed you in the field, but she's merciful. That's not a flaw I possess. And then he slits Orin's throat, who bleeds out in seconds. Yeah, I don't know. This was very intense. 
how I feel about this because it's when he got there I was like yes you know take control take charge punish them and then I was like oh but we're gonna we're gonna all kill them right now in front of oh okay like that's just like just murder six people in the middle of her bedroom murder six people in her bedroom um yeah you just like hand them off to leadership even just it's it was a lot but um they were about to kill her with no mercy so I guess I have to take that view it was just very aggressive and him not like flinching even the slightest is like a little you know unnerving for me me too Violet's like into it I know (laughs) she's like he didn't even flinch hard eyes and I'm like whoa she's like he's psychopathic (laughs) so (laughs) attractive yeah (laughs) yeah um so Garrick and Bodie arrive which was is the uh section leader and his cousin and they start cleaning up the mess <laughs> and uh Zayden comes over to Violet and he's asking if she's hurt she has trouble breathing but she doesn't say anything to him she doesn't want to she doesn't know if she can show her weakness to him and he walks up to her and lifts her chin with his finger so that she meets his gaze and then she admits that her ribs are hurting from a sore that hit her side but she thinks they're just bruised. Zayden responds, it must have been a dull sword unless it has something to do with why you sleep in your leather vest. And Tarn in Violet's head tells her to trust him. And so she tells him about the scales and explains that's, that that's why she has lived so far. But he assures her that there are other reasons she's made it this far, which is like kind of nice, like a small compliment. And thank God for that leather vest. Thank God for that leather vest. It is why she's lived so, so long. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, yeah. That's nice of him to say, but you know. <laughs> uh, but before she can respond, he notices the purple bruises of a hand around her neck. And he says, I should have killed him slower. I love how protective he is in this moment. Yeah. But like, yeah not it's in a- an aggressive way. Well, the killing slower is a little <laughs> Actually, it's a quite opposite. <laughs> yeah. I meant like not in a Dane way where he's right. like, flee, quit, you're worthless. <laughs> yeah, where he's like, you're mine. It's just like, yeah, he's he's protective, which I it's again so conflicting. He says that one sentence and you're like, yes, like I love that he has this like protective instinct for her because like that means, you know, he's interested, whatever. Um but the killing slower, I was like, well, well, <laughs> you already killed him. And that was a lot. So, like, <laughs> take a beat. Um, so Violet says to him, like, I'm fine. And she, he's, he locks eyes with her and he's like, never lie to me. <laughs> and uh, so he closes the door after Garrick and Bodie and some of the other rebel, rebel relic kids, whatever take the last of the bodies and tells her to show him her ribs. She lifts up her nightdress and turns <laughs> so he can undo the corset of her leathers. And he's like, he gently moves her hair out of the way. His fingers brush her bare skin, sending shivers down her spine, her breath tightening. They're talking and she looks over her shoulder and their eyes meet and her stomach gets all butterflies and he examines her ribs, gently prodding them with his fingers. 
and but concludes that they aren't broken just bruised and um like the gentleman he is he laces her corset back up kneels before her we know you love that izzy and violet can't help but think how easy it would be to rub her hands through his hair at that moment the only soft thing about him okay i have a few thoughts at this exact <laughs> moment I need them to stop putting like the scenes with the most sexual tension immediately after like a bunch of people die. Like there's all oh, that's happened a few times where like they would is a horrible, a horribly like brutal, gruesome scene. And Violet's like, but Zayden's jawline. And I'm like, girl, I don't know what is up with you, but like that is weird. And, and I mean, I guess I. I don't know. I don't know. But she's, you know, just got killed, almost got killed. Her adrenaline's probably all high. And so it's like extra. It's, it's the adrenaline. And he and he's like her hero. He's know? like her hero. Yeah. So I, I guess I get that. Um, two, yes, kneeling is always attractive. And that is becoming like a common theme in these yeah. books. Like the mm-hmm. strong man kneeling in front of them to like whatever. Um, it's always attractive and it always works. My yeah. third thought was... Who the hell opened the door? I thought we were going to get an immediate answer and they were just not getting me there. And I was like, Argh! yeah, Rebecca, when I read, tell me uh, when I read this first chapter of the three, I had to stop after and I had to immediately flip a few pages just to find the name because I was like, I need to <laughs> yeah. know. I can't yeah, put this right. down. I was getting uh, so But impatient. I didn't cheat because it was still within the three chapter limit for the this recap. So it's fine. <laughs> that's allowed. That's that's allowed. Um, okay, so he puts her boots on her and laces them up. And he wraps her cloak around her neck, fastening the button under her collar, and grabs her hand and leads her out into the hallway. Hand I put hand in hand, such a gentleman, but we kind of realize that he's really only holding her hand so that if anyone sees them, they think that they're just like hooking up or something. But I thought it was cute. Excuses, excuses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he leads her downstairs through the rotunda, down another set of stairs that Violet's like pretty sure leads to storage. Um, but still holding her hand, Zayden pushes on the stones of the wall and a hidden door swings open. A long passageway appears, and I wrote, I'm so confused why Violet is just going with him. <laughs> like, he hasn't said anything. Like, why are they leaving? Where are they going? She hasn't asked. Um, yeah, but- I also, in this moment, I was like, oh, we're now about to find out the truth of everything. Like, so he's showing I. her his secret passage. He's taking her. It's like a secret rebel meeting. Like, that's what I thought this was. Which, I thought totally, I totally had the same thought. But it's also like, I don't know why I thought that, because like, why would her getting attacked meaning mean he's like, you're ready to know everything now? (laughs) (laughs) You passed the test. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So funny, Sadie, that was funny. (laughs) He drops her hand immediately once they get past the hidden door. Um which is sad, but she asks him to slow down because he's like speeding through the passageway and she like can't breathe because of her bruised ribs. And he's like, I'm not babying you like Dane does, which, you know, respect, respect. Uh, But also, you know, 
bruised ribs are serious and there's no there was no reason for them to be sprinting knowing what they ended up getting to I was like okay well you could have you know taken it a little bit easy I think he was just like super anxious to find out what happened um yeah that's true but they bicker about that and then Violet says he better not offer to start sleeping with her so she doesn't have to worry about being attacked in her sleep anymore and this kind of all led to I took there's so there's so much bantering that I took out a lot in my notes. But basically, like he's talking about how he has to, like, protect her at all costs, because if she dies, he dies, et cetera. And um, and she's like, well, you can't start sleeping with me. <laughs> it was quite the jump that she it made, was a jump. but, you it know, shows where shows where her mind's at. I know. <laughs> and uh, Zayden assures her he is not going to sleep with her. He doesn't sleep with first years let alone her and violet's like no one said anything about fucking she's not interested in actually fucking him only fantasizing about it um (laughs) and uh violet teases him that he is probably afraid to sleep with her because he's afraid she will kill him in his sleep and he says i'm pretty sure you wouldn't kill a fly uh which is something she's gonna have to get over um, and she kind of admits that she's never killed anyone. Like it's a dirty little secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to know something vulnerable? <laughs> I've never killed anyone. <laughs> uh, me either, girly. Um, so he finally <laughs> tells her that they're on their way to the flight field to ask Tarn how those people got past her lock so he doesn't have to sleep on her floor like a guard dog every night. But and I was like, isn't that obvious? Getting past the locks? How she like, got through the locks? Well, I don't think Violet tell, has told him that she saw someone come in yet. Oh. But how would Tarn know how how someone got in? I don't know. I mean, he knew someone got in. Like, Sigail's the one that told Zayden to go. They're magical. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, it was also like clearly a magical, uh, or not magical, but like a um, one of the one of the writers who has magic, you know, got through the locks. Mm-hmm. That just seemed clear. That's true. But I guess I guess we have to go to the flight field to find that out. Yeah, that's yeah. I guess because it's just so unheard of that like Someone a wing leader that. or yeah yeah, because it's like against the codex to attack someone in their sleep. Um. So he they're climbing through the tunnel and violet's steps start to get kind of weary and zayden wraps his arm around her waist to help steady her and slows his pace so she can keep up violet asks him what he was doing tonight because he got to her so fast and wasn't exactly dressed for sleeping and he says maybe i sleep in my armor too and violet says then you should pick more trustworthy bedmates which makes Zayden reveal the first genuine smile that Violet's ever seen on him. He like can't help but like giggle at that one. When when she said that he's sleeping in his armor or whatever, like where what was he up to? I was like that, that's that's when I was like, oh my god, now we're gonna get the truth. Like, what's he really doing at night? Blah yeah, blah. But yeah, still yeah. no, still nothing. Still, but that's okay. Still no. Also, um, I'm surprised, looking back, I'm surprised Jack Harlow wasn't in that crew that tried to attack her. But I guess that's just because Rebecca still wants him around in this in the plot. 
and he yeah, couldn't and die. Yeah, but... it was all unbonded. Like, Jack is bonded. Yeah, but he hates her so much. I know. That's true. That's true. But she hurt his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> He's just a baby. Um, So... He refuses to tell her what he was up to. He just claimed it was third-year business. So Violet doesn't even try to ask why he's lugging her all the way to Tarn when she can talk to him whenever she wants via mind. Which I was also wondering. Like, why do they need to go all the way to the dragons when he when she can just tell him what Tarn says? Right. Um So yeah, I don't really understand that. But Tarn- and she can hear and she can hear what Sigale says. And Zayden can hear what Tarn says. I know. But I wonder, maybe should they have to be close to Tarn and Sigail to do that with the other person's dragon? Maybe not. I don't maybe. know. It still doesn't make sense. But they just wanted to introduce us to the secret passage because it'll probably be important later. <laughs> For sure. Um, so they're met with. So when they get to the other side, when they get to the flight field, Tarn, Sigale, and Undarna are waiting for them. Undarna runs right up to Violet to check on her ribs, which she assures her aren't broken. And Zayden immediately starts yelling at Tarn, demanding to know what the hell happened in Vi's room. And Violet's like, oh my god. And they're talking back and forth, arguing, when normally dragons don't even talk to their humans that aren't, that don't talk to humans that aren't bonded with their, with Rod. You got it. You got it. (laughs) When normally dragons don't even talk to humans that aren't their bonded riders. So Tarn and Zayden are like yelling back and forth and Violet like goes to translate and Zayden's like, I heard him. And Violet's like, excuse me? (laughs) She's like, that's my dragon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so through Zayden and Tarn's combo, it becomes clear that Tarn told Zayden to go save her. But Zayden's mad because... He, he was, like, mad at Tarn. He was, like, you cut it too close. Like, it was, like, 30 seconds later and she would have been dead. He was, like, why didn't you tell me sooner? And Tarn's, like, you got there. Like, shut up. And uh, <laughs> Tarn looks like he's about to scorch Zayden. And so Violet steps in between them and tells Tarn, he's just a little freaked out. Don't scorch him. <laughs> and then this is when Violet hears a feminine voice in her head say, at least we agree on something. Which was Sigale. So she can also hear Sigale. Very exciting. So them as like a as like a foursome can just all hear each other. It's I very know, it's intimate. So cute. I love it. They're like a little family. Um, you know who's you know who's really cute? And Darna. She's, she's so freaking cute. I know. And I wish I could portray her dialogue like in my notes, like, but then I would just be simply reading the book. Um yeah. <laughs> But I'll try to, like, explain. She's so cute. Um, So Zayden explains that it's because they're mates, but he doesn't really go on much longer. Like, he just says the reason you can hear Sigal is because Sigal and Tarn are mates. Um, He says to Violet, you die, I die. So I damn well deserve to know how the hell you were under Oren's knife one second and across the room in another. Is that the signet power you've manifested from Tarn? Come clean now. And Violet's like, I don't know what happened. And then Andarna chimes in and says, <laughs> nature likes all things in balance. That's the first thing we're taught. <laughs> it's like, what? 
<laughs> and uh, Violet repeats what she said to Zayden because he can't hear what Undarna says. Only Tarn because Tarn's bonded to scale, not Undarna. And so I thought it was funny I'm, also when when Undarna yeah. was saying that I was. So end of last episode, I was saying like, oh, I actually think Andarna's like some old, like mythical <laughs> dragon. And then when she was saying that, I was like, yes, she's like this wise old dragon. And then immediately I was like, oh, wait, no, she's two years old. And she just is like, she's basically, just a baby. she's just a baby. And she's just not making any sense because she's so she's tired just, <laughs> from being so up late. She's so tired. Essentially. <laughs> oh my God. She's so tired. She, um, so yeah. So basically there's this whole part where Andarna's like babbling on very childlike she's like confusing herself trying to remember what the first thing they learn is and Tarn's like this is why feather tails don't bond and Sigil's <laughs> like give her a minute let her explain um like total parents and um and this is giving when Andarna's trying to talk and there and the mother's like patient and the dad is like fed up. It was really reminding me of the movie Happy Feet when he's a baby <laughs> and he's like trying to explain, but he can't stop like tapping his feet and the dad's getting frustrated. And it was really giving that for me. Um, but so Andarna says feather tails shouldn't bond because they can accidentally gift their power to humans. Dragons can't really channel until they're big. And Violet repeats that to Zayden and he asks, like a signet? Um, but Sigail clarifies, no, a signet is a combination of our power with your ability to channel. It reflects who you are at the core of your being. And then Andarna chimes in like all proud. She's like, but I gave my gift directly to you because I'm still a feather tail. <laughs> And this is when Violet realizes that they know nothing about Feathertails because Feathertails never leave the veil because Feathertails are basically like toddlers. They're kids. That seems that seems like an easy thing to know. Like I know, what a but baby I guess dragon they never like. go into the veil. So they just don't know. I yeah. Yeah. The so the dragons baby. never let you see. Yeah. So we learn she's only two years old. And Violet's like, why in the world would you let a juvenile dragon bond? And Tarn is like, we mature much faster than humans. And he's like, and plus, I'm not sure anyone lets Andarna do anything. Um, and then Sigail chimes in in defense and says she'll be grown in a year or two but some are slower than others and if i thought she'd actually bond i would have objected harder to her right of benef benefaction i don't know what that means yeah i'm really curious to see how indarna she clearly is freakishly powerful if she's a baby and then the dragons just like let her do what she wants so mm. i'm curious to see how she turns out as a mature yeah. so this dragon. this yeah this is where it gets like really interesting so one zayden is kind of hurt because he's like hold on is it is on andarna your baby and you've been hiding her from me for two years because he's been bonded to sigil for two years but sigil clarifies that her parents actually passed before hatching so like 
basically all the dragons just kind of like look out for her and but then Tarn goes on to explain really what the risk at hand is and it, he says feather tails don't bond because their power is too unpredictable unstable bonding too young allows them to give their gift directly and a rider could easily drain them and burn them out which this information reveals why feather tails are protected from humans and why humans don't know much about them if leadership new riders could take on Darna's or a Feathertail's gift directly from them for themselves um, rather than depending on a, developing a signet, then they would be hunted and on Darna would be hunted. I'm so really no, nervous about that. I know. So no one can know about Undarna. No one can know about Violet being able to stop time because then they'll know about Undarna and being a feather tail and that they can just take it for themselves. Yeah. I'm really nervous about, about that, especially with these mind readers like Dane mm-hmm. running around mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I do not oh, like it. Dane. Oh, Dane, Dane, Dane. Um, Wait, can we just say really quickly th- now that we brought up Dane and his mind reading that last week, Sadie was it even last week Sadie FaceTimed me sometime in the last two weeks since we last recorded and I forgot about this I like yeah it was like the middle of the work day and I picked up and she was like Izzy and I was like what happened like I literally thought something was seriously wrong and she was like Dane reads minds through touching he's constantly touching Violet and I was like chapter in every chapter I've made a point to write down when it's like he cups my face he grabs my hand like I mention all those things because it's like the one thing that makes me be like oh Dane but and so I know in every chapter that he's in he touches her face and he has the power to read her mind by touching her face and I'm shocked Violet hasn't asked the parameters of that because she would be dead if she knew like she would die from embarrassment if yeah she knew that he you was have reading to specify her in this minds. world yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do <laughs> die from embarrassment but also like when he kissed her and he was grabbing her face when he kissed her and she was like ew like he would have known that too so i yeah. guess not but that's a plot hole that needs to be like remedied because I don't. I need to know the, understand the boundaries because he's always touching her. And what if he just like sneakily reads her mind when she's doesn't know yeah. even thinking about it? Yeah, oh, I, think, I think that there's opportunity for Je- Miss Jessica to really dive into that and have like a big reveal where Dane like Miss Jessica knew a lot of this stuff in the beginning, and you could probably like cover up some of the holes like when she wasn't into the kiss or whatever. Like you could kind of say, you know. He was shielded by his own thoughts and feelings. Like if he's not listening, he can't hear the thoughts or something like that. Um, but it would be, that would be a big reveal. And, she, and Violet would be so pissed. Did you call Rebecca Jessica? Yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I Miss think it was Jessica? <laughs> Miss Jessica. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm such a fake fan. Oh my god! Thank you for correcting me, Miss Rebecca, Miss Yaros. Jesus. All right, let's move on. Okay. Um. Okay. So, 
Violet turns to Andarna and, t- and says, thank you. Whatever you did saved my life. And Andarna says, you know, she's like very casual. She's yawning. She's so tired. She said, I made time stop, but only for a little bit. <laughs> and <laughs> you make such a good Andarna. It's, <laughs> it's so good. I can't. That help was a perfect really, read. Really get into character over here. But um, which is she like says it so casually. But this is another shocking revelation. Like maybe being able to make time stop is not a signet that anyone has ever had. So obviously no. not a power that's ever just been directly transferred. And she tells Zayden, who has the same reaction, is just flat out shocked. And Andarna says to Vi, now we can stop it. And Violet says, and if I use too much, I can kill you. And Andarna's like, kill us. But I know you won't. <laughs> oh, Andarna. Oh, oh Andy. Andarna. <laughs> Andy, girl. Um, so Zayden has his hands on... Violet's shoulders stroking his thumbs in a soothing motion as they take in this news and Violet says is Professor Carr going to kill me too um but Zayden because she's kind of afraid because this is an unseen unknown signet or power like she's afraid he would kill her like he did with the person who could read minds yeah. willingly like without touching and Zayden assures her that he won't because he won't know no one will because they aren't going to tell anyone and Tarn says he's right they can't find out and there's no saying how long you'll even have this ability most feathertail gifts disappear with maturity when they begin to channel which is a little disappointing I hope I hope uh she can still stop time <laughs> Yeah, also, Violet needs to know how to control it. Otherwise, what if she just accidentally stops time? I guess would people know then? I don't know. But, um, yeah, this is like a, you know, a big gift, but also a big burden for her. I know. She can handle it, as Andarna says. Um, So Goldie is so exhausted. She's just worn out from gifting that power tonight. So she leaves to head back to the Vale and Tarn like carries her. She was like trying to fly, was so tired. So Tarn like scooped under and, and just carried her, which is so sweet. Aww. Um, once the dragons have left, Satan turns to her and says, We need to figure out how unbonded cadets got into your room. And Violet tells him there was a rider there, but she's too afraid to tell him who. She doesn't know if he will <sighs> even believe her. She's not sure she does. And the chapter ends with Zayden, who says, at some point, you and I are going to have to start trusting each other, Soren Gale. The rest of our lives depend on it. Tell me who. And then the chapter ends, and I was like, ah! <laughs> um, can I read you the only four notes I had in this chapter that Please I actually do. bothered to write down? Please do. Note number one. Note number one. Why is kneeling always attractive? <laughs> Note number two, I am so impatient. Who opened her door in all caps? Note number three, Andarna is so gosh darn cute. I miss having a pet. (laughs) And then my last note was, I was so completely wrong. I thought she was elderly, but she's just a baby. She's just a baby. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't either, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah but i was so annoyed that they ended the chapter like that but then the intro quote for chapter 20 immediately confirms gives it away yeah gives it away shall Mm. i shall i read it of course you shall it says accusing a wing leader of wrongdoing is the most dangerous of all accusations if you're right then we've failed as a quadrant to select the best wing leaders if you're wrong you're dead and that is that is a quote from general melgren shout out (laughs) um (laughs) so obviously it's amber mavis a wing amber freaking mavis we hate amber she's little rule follower dane suck up yeah but once again and we'll get to it in this chapter um it's hard to ever really be mad at a character because the punishments are so severe here. No, you don't want death. Like, I wish I could still continue to hate Amber, but it's kind of like, you know? Yeah. And Violet feels the same way. It's really sad. Um, so the chapter opens with Violet and her squad at breakfast says the death roll is red. It's just like a lovely way to start your morning. Um, <laughs> her and Rye are re whisper about the attack, which Violet admits she is getting all too used to. Um, her attention is drawn elsewhere though. When Zayden strolls up and she gets all hot and bothered, she admits to herself that he is the reason she hasn't quote unquote celebrated with anyone yet. Like the rest of the classmates, AKA hooked up with anyone. Um, she hasn't wanted anyone else because she wants him, which was like a bold realization. I just, I don't know. But um, so Zayden then addresses Dane and tells him that Liam, Myrie, Liam from tail section will be joining his and therefore Anne Violet's squad. So Liam. Yep. Cue, cue my note. Liam! Exclamation point. <laughs> He's here. Um, So he's described as tall and buff, light blonde hair, blue eyes, rebellion relic. Liam. Yeah, not Liam. (laughs) Liam. Liam. (laughs) So Violet immediately knows exactly why he's doing this. And she's like, I don't need a bodyguard. And Zayden ignores her and says to Dane, and I want to read this quote exactly because I feel like it really just sets up who Liam is. He says, Liam is statistically the strongest first year in the quadrant. He is the fastest time up the gauntlet, hadn't lost a single challenge, and is bonded to an exceptionally strong red dagger tail. Any squad would be lucky to have him, and he's all yours, Aedos. You can thank me when you win the squad battle in the spring. So this is also the first time we've heard about a squad battle, which yeah. just seems like wonder how many people died during that. Kill them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Violet persists. She's like, "I do not need a bodyguard," and he gives a little speech. But Satan finally addresses her and kind of like gets right in her face, and he's like. You do, though, as we learned last night. And then he goes on to explain 
that while he can't be by her side every second of every day, Liam can because he's a first year. So they have all the classes together and uh, training together. And he even made Liam move into the room right next to Violet's. And I just have a prediction that this is really going to come around to bite Zayden in the butt because Liam and Vi are going to hook up and Zayden's going to be jealous. I mean, Liam seems delightful. He seems great. And he's... So I I agree. I could yeah. see it happening. Like, he, Liam definitely has to get with someone. If not Violet, who? You know? And I want Violet to have more than one love interest on this journey. It's more fun that way. Some battle. And, like, I feel like Dane's already written off. So it would be, like, nice to have, like, another cream of the crop, you know? I do. And this makes me sound so toxic. I do like a little sprinkle of jealousy in there, you yeah. know, like make it make Zayden work for it. He feels like he can get anyone. Uh, uh-uh. I know. And well, I think it will also just make Zayden realize his feelings for Violet. Like he'll get exactly. mad and there'll be a scene where he's like fired up and he's like, ah, I want you. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Love it. Um, so Zayden leaves and it's at this moment that Dane sees the bruises around Violet's neck. So they haven't talked since the day before she yelled at him. when they, yeah, she yelled at him and was like, I don't like you. And, um, he says, is that what, Ry- is that what Ryerson meant by last night? And she's like, yeah, I'll tell you later. The commandant Panchek walks up to the podium to... Uh, give an announcement which is a big deal because commandant Panchek doesn't really like join their breakfast roll call very often death roll call um so everyone kind of like gives their attention to him and gets quiet and he says it has been brought to my attention as your commandant that a breach of the codex has occurred as you know, breaches of our most sacred laws are not to be tolerated. This matter will be addressed here and now. Will the accuser please step forward? And Violet about falls out of her chair when she sees that it's Zayden who walks up as the accuser. And she's like, oh, my God, this is about me. And yeah. shout out Zayden for just, you know, being an ally, be- believing her, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, the believing her is great. I would have appreciated a heads up, though, <laughs> that this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Zayden uh, walks up and explains quite professionally, I might add, what exactly happened. And he ends the story with, I call you to answer for your crime against Cadet Soringale, wing leader Amber Mavis. Boo. Tomato, 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 tomato. Um, and, but the whole quadrant goes ape shit because he's accusing a wing leader of a crime. And it goes ape shit. They do. <laughs> That's literally what I wrote. <laughs> so, especially Dane, which is just so annoying so annoying yeah i mean it's like it's like the parallel between violet told zayden and he doesn't question her he just he he makes the situation 
right some would say like he like brings amber to justice and like Mm -hmm. puts himself on the line to do that because like the quote said if you call out a wing leader for breaking the rules and you're wrong then you die and zayden just trusted her versus dane who's supposed to be her best friend is like tell him he's wrong like that can't be amber loves the rules like defending her blindly and it's like what is what are you doing you look like a fool he did he did he was like uh (laughs) he where am i on my notes he said a wing leader would never get up there and tell everyone he's lying violet and she's like but he's not and dane's like wing leaders are beyond reproach he's like going off and she's like then why are you so quick to call your own wing leader a liar? Which right. I thought was so, a great line. I have to say it's the it's the words that Dane is using and like his dumb argument. But I mean, I get that he's going to be upset. Like if Amber's accused, we learn she dies also. Mm-hmm. And clearly he's friends with her. So I get him like being like, no, 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 no. Like this can't happen. But saying, like, wing leaders are beyond reproach, blah, blah, blah. It's just so, God. Yeah. Be better, Dane. Be better. He can't. He simply can't. And he's Um, he's constantly contradicting himself, too, like what you just said. Like, mm -hmm. saying wing leaders are beyond reproach. But, like, Dane accused Zayden of messing with threshing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. It's just constant, constant hypocrisy with him. Well, he has the the, uh, prejudice that gets kind of talked about later towards yeah. the people with rebel relics. Um, so Amber's like, I did no such crime. And Dane's like, see, <laughs> that was my least favorite part. I'm like, Oh, because she says she didn't do it. Therefore, see, I told you she didn't like, okay. What? Yeah. Anyway. Was she going to raise her hand and be like, yeah, yeah, it was, I did me. it. Um, and then he has the audacity. He approaches Violet and tries to like cup her face. And they specifically used the same verb as previous yeah. chapters, um, and says, let me see. And she's like, bitch, excuse me. Um, yeah. and she pulls away and she's like, touch me without permission and you'll spend the rest of your life regretting it. But what are the guardrails to his power? Like he touches her all the time. I'm all screaming into my microphone because time. this is like when it all clicked. Like when you FaceTime me, I was like, <gasps> like he did ask this time, but he touches her all the time. All oh, the time. That makes me so nervous. Like get your dirty little paws off our girl. And I do think though that this moment will make her like not let him touch her casually you know what i mean like this moment probably made her realize yeah yeah i wonder though if at any point dane will like like it surprises me that that the professors are so okay with dane having his power because theoretically if he just like bumped against general melgren he could like you know, <laughs> read, read his thoughts um so it just feels like I know his power is contained, but like it's also not that contained. He just has to touch someone like you could easily touch someone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I'm interested to see where that where that goes. Um, like touch a professor, you know, it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like you don't know the answers to this test and you're like, 
oh, Professor So and So, and like give him a pat on the back. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm having a tough, I'm having a tough time with this question. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Like, what does he have to cup their face for like ten seconds to read their minds? Like, what? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand know. his power at all. Yeah. Um. But so at this moment, like six dragons fly up and perch on the courtyard, including Tarn, Segale, and Amber's orange dagger tail. Violet thinks to herself what we're all thinking. Uh, Zayden isn't demanding proof like Dane. He believes me and he's ready to execute a wing leader on nothing more than my word, which is basically what you we were just talking about. Um, but it's just like a big moment, big character moment for Zayden. Um, and she asks Tarn if he can share her memories since she can't, because if, if she had let Dane see her memories, he would have also seen that she stopped time and then possibly like find out about Andarna or think that was her signet or whatever. Um, so he asks Tarn if she, if he can share like just the parts that she needs and Tarn's like, it's never been shared outside the mating bond. Like it's a violation. She's like, please, we have to help Zayden. Um, so Tarn does it. And all at once he like puts the memory into everyone's mind and shows just what they need to see. And everyone all at once stiffens and silence fills the courtyard. Cause they all saw. <laughs> I wrote Amber is so done. Uh, this part was so sad to me it was it's really so really sad. sad and I was so Violet also had a moment where she was like oh my god like Amber's gonna die for this and yeah it was like I was talking such a big game pretty much every episode where we talked about Amber I've been like f her she sucks and then I find out she's gonna die I'm like whoa 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 yeah like can't we all just like work this out you know like now I, I mean, can't hate her because this is so sad. It is. It is. And and Violet felt the same way. So, like the wing leaders announce that they find her guilty and they start like circling on her like like yeah. closing in and she's panicking. Amber's dragon is panicking. The dragon. Oh my God, that's the, the worst that's the part. saddest part. It's like know. you you know when um like a dog's owner dies and they don't they like whimper it. and they don't understand. Yeah. I mean, the dragon clearly understands, but it's just so yeah. sad. Like you have this like bond with this person and then, and then she, when the dragons kill her and her dragon just like whimpers and like flies away. And it's so sad. It's so, it sad. so sad. Yeah. Like ever like Amber's panicking. The dragon's panicking. Violet feels horrible. She doesn't want anyone to suffer. She was so she's she's thinking I was so focused on making sure everyone believed me that I didn't think about what would happen if they did believe me. And she begs them not to to Tarn. But Tarn says, I let someone live once and he almost killed you last night, silver one, which is not wrong. It's not wrong. It's just I think this again where I said, you know, Zayden maybe should have given her a heads up because I would have felt like this tra- this death to me felt tragic. I don't really know why because I, again, hated Amber Mavis. Mm-hmm. But the way it happened in front of everyone, the dragon circling her, her dragon watching. Oh, oh God. And um, yeah, the, I would the- if I were Violet, I feel like her death was on my conscience somehow, even though Violet yeah. literally did nothing wrong. I would just felt like I would feel like that would weigh on me a lot. 
Totally. I mean, the chapter ends with Tarn blasts her, incinerates her, and then Amber's dragon just wailing. She said wailing so loud, like uh, one of the windows like broke. <laughs> like she's just yeah. wailing so sad. And so that sad. to me was so sad. Yeah. That was the saddest part of this book so far. <laughs> it was. And it was over Amber Mavis, who up until a page ago, I literally despised. Um, two things. One, I am, we t- said this already, I am consistently a little bit concerned with how ruthless Zayden is. Mm-hmm. Two, I wonder if Dane's just going to hate her now because she's basically responsible for killing. No, he's Amber. not because he saw that what Amber did. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But he seems to like be obsessed with Amber, so I don't know. That's just a weird dynamic moving forward. You know, I don't expect this from him, but I do wish that this would be like a realizing moment for him that not everyone is as they seem and like even the most rule abiding people are can can do something like this. Yeah, he needs to get over his obsession with the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so next chapter, chapter 21, our last one for the day. Will you read the opening quote for us? Yes. It says, don't freak out if you can't immediately channel your dragon's powers, Mira. Yeah, I know you have to be the best at everything, but this isn't something you can control. They'll channel when they'll feel you're ready, when they feel you're ready. And once they do, you'd better be ready to manifest a signet. Until then, you're not ready. Don't push it. And that is from the Book of Brennan. So I don't fully completely understand the process of like their channel power and then you manifest the signet. I don't fully understand that yet, but that quote in this chapter made me seem like made me think I maybe understand a little bit more about how you can burn up because if you if they like are sending all this power to you and you're not able to like utilize anything with it in up into like an actual signet ability then like it just overtakes you Um, yeah so that that made that made it his verbiage made that like a little bit more clear to me which was nice yeah um and I thought that maybe she'd get her signet this chapter because of that I know this this quote doesn't really match the chapter but no um the chapter opens with Violet and her bodyguard, Liam, heading down to the archives because he's also been given library duty, of course. Um, When they get there, they are greeted by a scribe at the entrance, and Violet can't help but notice the difference between how that scribe greeted her versus Liam because of his rubble relic. And it becomes, it's becoming blatantly obvious to her how differently children of the rebels are treated. Um, there's honestly like a few pages of some nice friendly banter, um, like a teasing kind of in a flirty teasing kind of way. Um, basically Liam is lovely. He He seems lovely. He's great. He seems wonderful. (laughs) Um, and Violet's like, I was at first resistant to him because he's her bodyguard and she didn't like that, but she's definitely warmed up to him. Um, but then he makes this comment that was the mo- the biggest one of significance, I think. He says, 
I've seen you practicing this week with those blades of yours, Soren Gale. Ryerson was right, which Ryerson is Zayden. You would have been wasted as a scribe. And I literally wrote it all caps. (laughs) (laughs) Zayden thinks really highly of her. It's nice. And I just like the idea of him talking highly about her when she's not there. Yes. Yes. Like he's actually impressed with her. Mm -hmm. It seems genuine. And yeah. But she she keeps it cool. Her heart swells, but she stays cool and calm. And she says... That remains to be seen. <laughs> um, and then she asks him, how do you know Zayden anyway? And we get a lot of information here. So Liam explains that they were fostered at the same estate after the rebellion, uh, which was surprising to Violet. She was like, I didn't even know fostering was a thing. And he was like, well, what do you think happened to all the kids? <laughs> and, uh, he, he explains, so his mother was a rebel, and she was killed at the Caldeer executions, which seems like was the main execution where all the kids had to watch that we've heard about. Um, but his father was then killed later at their home, and he had to witness both. And then his home was given to a noble who had stayed loyal while he went to be fostered by Duke Lindell and his sister went elsewhere. So two things I feel like to note here. One, if you remember that intro quote a few episodes back, it was from Violet's mom specifically saying like children should not have to watch their parents get executed. And we very clearly see here that the king or Melgren or whoever made the call made children watch made the rebel children watch their parents die mm-hmm. and it sounded like violet wasn't aware that family like spouses of rebels also were killed like she thought she assumed yeah. liam would be raised by his dad and his dad was also executed so like really really brutal yeah yeah and she had also never even heard of like they had them going to fostering or splitting siblings. Like she's like, there's no mention of that in any text I've ever read. Um, so big reveal. And he goes on to say that his sister will join the quadrant next year. And he thinks that she'll make it. And Violet tries to provide some comfort to what is obviously an uncomfortable thought for him thinking about his sister coming there. Um, and she says, she could always choose another quadrant, but he clears that up as well, and he explains that the, they all have to be riders. So all of the children of the rebels have to be riders, which we knew from We the, knew! No, we knew that from the intro quote, though. Violet oh. didn't know. Yeah. I was like, what? I was, I was so confused. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. I was like, Violet, who recites history, didn't know this, even though she told us, like, two chapters ago? Like, we knew. No, oh. yeah, yeah. Because remember, wait, we were but confused. then what was that? We were yeah, confused okay. about why Violet was saying that that uh, writers are the only ones that are volunteer only. We were like, why would she say that when we just read this quote that all uh, children of the rebels have to be writers? And it's oh only because we know from the intro quote, yeah. That is so interesting. Okay. I wonder what text that was from because 
I feel like she's read them all and should know everything, but. Huh. Yeah, I don't okay. know. We can go back and look at that. Um, but he personally, so he's like, seems a little different. He seems like very much, he doesn't give me rebel vibes because he, he, this is an example, but he kind of has this vibe throughout while he's recapping, but he says he personally thinks that they're all required to be writers because it gives them the best chance of rising in the ranks. But others think, which is probably correct, that it's because they're more likely to die there so they can be rid of them. And they think that they're, they were hoping, when they initially did this, they were hoping that dragons wouldn't bond to them at all. Um, mm. Just like a way to kill like, them off. Yeah, but I think, but like the way Liam talks, he's very much like agrees with the rules, kind of doing his thing. He was like, they were killed as they should be. Like it was tough, but you know, it's what happens. Like he seems to like be very much going along with the choices that Navari made, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if he switches sides or something or is like still works with the rebels or whatever. But because he is like best buds with Zayden. So Liam is shocked that she didn't know any of this information. Um, and she asks how many there are of them, which he answers that there are 107 children of the rebels. Satan is the oldest. And then a six-year-old named Julianne is the youngest who was born with a rebellion relic. Just crazy. Yeah. I also, I don't know if, if you're going to mention this specifically, but I want to bring it up because it's my only note from this chapter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when, when Liam's talking about the rebellion, he doesn't call it the rebellion. He calls it what they call it in their land, which is the apostasy. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a fake word, but it's a real world, real word. And it means the abandonment of a certain political belief. So it's like they, that's what they call the rebellion. Oh. It's like them breaking off political, like abandoning whatever politics they were disagreeing with, you know? Oh, that's what that's they call interesting. it. interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, someone, I can't remember who was telling me this, um, but someone was talking about how like in Florida, maybe, um, like in certain, are you talking about certain- the civil war? Yes, how yeah. the Civil War is taught as the War of Northern Aggression. That's what that reminded me of, too. Yeah. That's so I think fucking crazy. In I, in some places in the South, that's what they teach. The War of Northern Aggression. That's when it was crazy. literally... Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but literally insanity. And I just want it on record. Yes, I went to school in South Carolina, but I was taught the Civil War and what it was really about and <laughs> the appropriate way like what i thought that was so crazy um so that's why i thought anyway. this quote or that that word was so interesting because it sounded it honestly sounded like a made-up word and then i googled it just to be sure and i was like mm-hmm. oh no it's literally means the abandon abandonment or renunciation of a religious or political belief oh that's so interesting i was not gonna bring that yeah. up because i thought it was a made-up word um so the scr- so uh, while they're having all this conversation is while they're waiting for the scribe to like go get their books that they requested and she returns with their items in a scroll that professor markham who's like the scribe 
professor that goes and does battle brief um she brings them a scroll that he forgot and was like can you bring this to him and she's like yeah sure of course um and so as they leave she finally asks him a question that she's been dying to and she says how can you do this anyway guard someone whose own mother oversaw the wing that captured yours and all he says is all I can say is that your survival is essential to Ryerson's and I owe it. I owe him everything. Everything. It's very interesting. Um, so I wonder, he really emphasized the everything. So I just, I'm curious what the story will be there. Yeah. But also like what we were talking about earlier, I feel like Liam would follow whatever lead Zayden puts out for him. You know, like he's Liam's like a nice guy, but he's going to be a rebel for sure. <laughs> so at that moment the parchment that was given to her to give to the professor rolls off the cart and kind of unrolls slightly on the floor violet picks it up and she catches a glimpse of what it relates to and it's another attack on their southern border where some supplies were ransacked and looted and she's like this just doesn't make any sense like we have a trade agreement like why is this stuff happening um and they start I mean she kind of gets distracted because Tarn wakes up and is now in her head or whatever so we kind of she kind of pivots away from like reading about the battle um and her and Liam start talking about their dragons and they both have a moment where they take comfort in the fact that neither of them have started channeling powers yet. Um, but then, so that kind of like wraps up their scene of their trip to the archives. And then the chapter jumps to Violet, Riddick, Rhiannon, and Liam all headed to class. They're, you know, sitting around making jokes, teasing each other. And it's just like, honestly, just refreshing to have like such a lighthearted scene. Like, I feel like they have a click now you know, she has her friends. Like, I love that for her. It's like when they just go to class in Harry Potter and, like, learn spells and stuff. My favorite scenes. Yeah. Literally. Um, but then Liam, you know, as they're all teasing each other and stuff about Zayden and everything and Violet having to always be protected and stuff. And he said, Liam says, I'm just saying now that you're protected at night and Violet's like, um excuse me like what do you mean I'm protected at night like because you're sleeping next door like what do you mean by that and Liam always surprised by her lack of awareness tells her that Zayden put wards on her door after her attack so that she's the only one that can open it but but also Zayden can open it it's it's very convenient of him <laughs> I am excited just for that moment when that really just comes in handy and he can just just creep on in. Yeah. Late at night. He basically just gave himself a key to her room without telling and, her. And only him and the only key to him. her room. Yeah. <laughs> um she doesn't really know how she feels about that. Like it's um a little bit controlling, but also like kind of sweet. Um, and like, as she's thinking about this, she kind of like fumbles and knocks her quill off their desk. And before she can like reach down and grab it, the shadows around her, like lifted up to her. 
And she's like, and kind of looks at Zayden and he's not looking at her at all. He's just in deep conversation with Garrick, but he's obviously paying attention. And I think why I love this so much is like all the protection stuff that he's doing could easily just be like, he's paranoid that she's going to get attacked. And then via chain of events, he's going to die because she dies. But this shows Mm. he's also just like, I don't know what it is, but he's aware of her and he's like catering to like a little just random minor annoyance that she's having, you know, her spilling her ink. And I just really like that. Like that makes my heart kind of flutter. I feel like he's super drawn to her, super attracted to her, likes her, but he shields those feelings by blaming it on the bond with the dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not yet, but that's definitely where it's headed. Definitely where it's heading. Yeah, for sure. Um, so class is about to begin and Violet's like getting her paper all ready. She writes Summerton on the top of her page because that's the town where the attack happened. So she's like ready to take her notes about that attack. Um, but before they get into it, their first announcement from the professors is that the winning team of the squad battle will not only get bragging rights, but will also be given a trip to the front lines to shadow an active wing. Yay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> More work. <laughs> it's literally, it's, it's so crazy. that They're all like cheering, like so excited. And to me, I'm just like, they clearly need more people in battle and so they're like just disguising it as this like extra bonus yeah but how when that happens how are they gonna keep hiding that there's so much chaos that they're not telling them about you know if they're sending people out to the front lines that's a great question it's a great question um violet's like the only one not cheering because she sees it for what it is another opportunity to die yeah yay (laughs) um so then professor markham the scribe starts his lesson and says now that we have your attention the front lines were relatively quiet today so we're going to take this opportunity to dissect the battle of ginfar and Liam and Violet are like they look at each other very confused because they read the parchment and they're like there absolutely was an attack that we could be briefing right now they're very confused um couple facts that I don't know if they'll be important about the battle that they are learning about um but it was where the they first used the cross bolt whatever that is um so it sounds like a weapon but it was proved to be lethal against dragon kind and then it was also one of the final battles where griffins and dragons worked alongside each other so i feel like because they like did take a second to add this facts in like maybe it'll come up later but violet and liam are just like what the heck what would was it confidential like are they just still working on gathering the facts? Maybe it's classified. Like, I don't I don't know what's happening. But they basically just conclude that it must have been marked as classified and Violet just missed it. It's the only explanation. 
But it's not. <laughs> it's not. There's corruption. Yeah, the last line's really ominous. And I am really excited. Here's what I think is going to happen. You know how I said earlier, Violet, I thought Zayden was going to give Violet the whole truth when he was leading her down the secret passage. I think she's going to tell him about this weird situation. He's going to be like, you don't know the half of it. This is what's been going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah 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 or she's gonna be like curious and start like trying to look for things or investigate things or learn more about this battle that she knows about and is gonna like stumble upon zayden doing something similar and they're like you know what i mean yeah like the whole thing with her being positioned in the library She's definitely going to go snooping around for other things mm-hmm. that she knows should be there and then find that she's going to like add something to the list of books they request or something. Yeah. And she's just going to like really figure out that they're filtering things for some reason. And I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Or she's going to like sneak in, just be like, oh, I just miss it here. Like, can I just walk the halls a little? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And they'll let her because they love her and then she's gonna find some shit because remember they took out the book of the wyvern or whatever yeah so do we think the scribe leaders are corrupt too like that just seems so unscribe like you know (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know it's it's navari that's corrupt it's not the riders or just one quadrant yeah, that's true. Country. I just think of Melgren specifically, but I feel like scribes, like to be a scribe, you have to understand the integrity of historical accuracy. And that's true. That's true. They're just going against it right now, but I'm really intrigued. I can't wait to keep reading. I've learned my lesson and I won't read tonight, but I'm going to read on my flight home. In <laughs> you can read tonight because we're going to record in like four days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I'm going to save it for the plane ride home. I just love having a good book to read on Makes a plane. Makes the plane ride go by fast. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to that add, Sage? No, I'm really excited, though. This book is really freaking good. It's really good. Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> I... I can't wait to just get a little bit further along in the plot where like now we know she has her dragon and I just really want to get more into the the war and her like piecing things together that not everything's as it seems because she's still like yes in some ways the plot has developed really quickly but in other ways like this it's developed very slowly so that's so true it's so true all the other activities of her becoming a rider are like I think just like distractors and 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 that's like her world building piece yeah until true. it's like the real plot which is whatever the fuck's going on yeah like rebecca has <laughs> rebecca has like four or five different plots jessica, in here you mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jessica <laughs> jessica's got four different plots in here and one she moved really quickly to which i think that's a good technique like it was very interesting still and i was very mm-hmm. in on that but it's like the other ones are have just been slowly simmering in the background and I'm ready to yeah to bring them to the exactly. front center. Ooh, I can't wait. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Join us next episode for chapters twenty-two through twenty-four, right? Did I get that right? 
Yeah. Okay, 22 yeah. through 24. And follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. I have revived being active on TikTok. So you really just don't want to miss out. So just go give us a follow on TikTok. Give us a follow on Instagram, both at Gals on Topic. Follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. We love seeing the comments. We love hearing from you. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye.